Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. If you find value in what we do and you'd like to support the podcast, go to coffee.com, that's K-O hyphen F-I.com forward slash alone, or you can go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com forward slash support us to find out more. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I'm here with author and teacher Holly Lyle, and today's topic is going to be internal conflicts and how to write them well. Uh, But before we get into the topic, just like we do every week, we're going to talk about what we did this week. Holly, how was your week? Well, I am still revising the Ohio novel. Um, I uh, I hit one milestone this week in that I got it from the 87,000 words that it was, over 90,000. Um, I am still on chapter 17. However, it is a different chapter 17 because previously I had 28 chapters and now I have 32. So <laughs> I keep, I, I have been building out the middle of the book and things keep dropping forward and I keep realizing there's something else that I have to put in first. Mm-hmm. And um, I had I had a really good Monday, really good Tuesday. I, I absolutely lost Wednesday. It was a bad day. Yeah. But Thursday uh, was really good and today after we're finished talking, I'm going to work on the book some more. Yeah. Um, Talk about the issue you had with the love interest because originally you had written in the forums that you found your love interest, you were gung-ho about it, yeah. and you were so excited, and then what happened? <laughs> well, and then um, I discovered that he was the same guy as the previous love interest in that there was no danger to him. There was no darkness. There was Now, I mean, he, has, he had a good backstory, there was significant pain, but I still had not managed to make him not obviously the good bu- the 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 good guy romantic lead in the first book of a five book series you <laughs> just you just need more edge than that and so matt sat me down and we bounced ideas back and forth off of each other and he said look you, you got to do some stuff here man yeah think think about all of the books that you have loved that were big and epic and that that d- did not show the, the the guy who eventually becomes the guy with big quotes around him as as anything but just this potential danger at the very beginning. And I thought of that, and I got my guy. And now I am getting ready to do yet another Chapter 17, moving the book down to Chapter 33 when I'm done, and renumbering all my damn chapters again, <laughs> in which she is going to meet him, and it's not going to be love at first sight. Now I have a question. Yes. This is, um, I I don't write chapters. I I don't. Maybe we'll need to save that for a different episode. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. But but yeah, I just no. I guess that's 
like how do you figure out chapters when it's all pretty much one continuous story and and stuff like that so uh if you guys are interested in us making that an episode because that's something i could really learn from or or at least adding that question to to the things or i know being a writer that when you have issues you're typically not alone you're yeah. not the only one so let me know if you guys out there have problems <laughs> figuring out like I, I, at this point I just stick four scenes to every chapter that's the only way I do it and I don't break it up any other way so uh, I'm always interested and fascinated in how other people decide chapters but okay. uh, with your week as well um, you had a word count that you wanted to mention the how many words you got this week or something yeah my my word count for this week um doesn't really reflect what i've been doing because i mean i've because you're you're revising yeah i'm revising yeah and i came i got the novel over ninety thousand words i it was at 86 that was at eighty six thousand words um, I needed to get it over 90,000 words because that's the length I want the books to be. I am now at 93,000 words, and most of that I have done this week. Um, you can do the math in your head because every time I try to do it, I'm obviously screwing it up. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Well, plus, I mean, remembering exact numbers is a bitch for us no. anyway. So it's, It really is. Yeah. It really is. But, no, it has been in spite of the and, – and I will add to that today – because today I'm writing my hero scene. Yes. <laughs> which is going to be chapter 17. Very in which cool. he's not going to be a hero. Oh, okay. Um, my week was... So my week have has changed now. I am now officially doing the 12-week year. So my week started on Wednesday. It was the... You know, because it's April 1st. And that is... Now I'm doing seven days. So my weeks are going to be really fucking weird. Oh, wow. And just tracking this shit in my bujo is is becoming an interesting thing. I'm going to have to have a separate section just for this, just so that I can remember what day I'm on. <laughs> but um, so my goal is to, in seven days, finish the write-in of the revision. Uh, because I, the issue we've been having with the 12 month year is that it's easy to let things slide oh it is and i'm gonna go ahead and i know we mentioned this book in a previous episode but i don't know if that episode is either already out or if it's the one that's going out in a week or two it's it's weird because nothing is linear when it comes to uh producing a podcast <laughs> so <laughs> so i don't know what i've told you guys and what i haven't but we read the i, I read the 12 week year i suggested holly do it so she has a plan now in place once she's done with her revision and i am actively working on my goal now which is to have this book published on or before my birthday and if i don't hit that mark it's okay but the goal really is to get as close to that as possible and i am working my ass off to get it done um because i am in the i guess the last third of the book i'm looking at doing five to seven scenes a day until i get it finished and so far i have had two days that were very rough that were extremely intense days where i was constantly interrupted constantly stressed all this bullshit and I still hit my mark I did not let anything be an excuse that kept me from doing this and what would normally have only taken a few hours because of all of the interruptions and Tony has been off um Tony has three days off this week and of course they're all three 
the first three days of the 12 week novel or 12 week mm-hmm. year um he, he has been an added uh interruption <laughs> which is fine because i'm glad he's home but at the same time yeah. it's just another thing that has everything has stretched my work day out from the minute i wake up to pretty much right an hour or two before bed that's how late yeah. some of these are getting finished but i got five scenes done the first day it was three new and two revised for um and and it came down to four scenes but there was originally um an added one in there that I just kind of combined which happened twice and um so that was the first day I got 3500 plus new words then yesterday I got two new scenes and three revised that turned into two and I got 1700 plus words so nice yeah I had a very decent um two days of a week and with the 12 week year the way that I'm running it is that I have five regular days and if I don't meet the goals during those regular days I have my next two days where I can catch up instead of taking off if I have met my goals and done very well then fuck it I'm taking those two days off yes having this shorter timeline having this more focused um deadline more focused project you you really do minimize everything and Mm -hmm. you solidify the idea of okay this is my goal for the next 12 weeks and it's it's even easier in your head to say 12 weeks because it 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 compartmentalizes these things better than even saying three months because three months feels bigger than 12 weeks 12 weeks it does feels small but it also feels doable right and and it allows you to really define what matters because you are not going to be able to do everything in 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. So you have to decide, well, you know, exactly what do I truly want to accomplish in this 12 weeks? And I'm, I have to finish my revision first. I'm doing this revision the classical way. Mm-hmm. Um, but my 12 weeks when it starts, and I'm, I'm just telling you right now, I'm starting mine on a Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, my 12 weeks is going to be to write first drafts of two novels. And, uh, I have already figured out the word counts I have to do to do it. I've already got it down in my bullet journal. I've already got it down in my, uh, or on my, my task organizer on my desktop. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, um, it's a big goal. It's a, it is what I guess what's called a stretch goal. Yeah. But for me to do what I want to do, which is to have written at least a hundred more books by the time I check out of this life, um, I need to get that. I need to, to hit that particular goal. Yeah. Two books in, in, in 12 weeks first drafts. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. So if you're interested, uh, I'll put the note. I'll put the link in the show notes to the book. Um, it's it's a little overly repetitive. They give some uh, some some advice that we don't necessarily think is the most informative when it comes to the dietary. Oh, I beat my head on the desk every time. Yeah, and it's to me, it's like okay, well. You're a business person. Let's stick to business. Let's, but maybe, maybe this is how they lost weight. I don't know, but it just, um, so take certain things with a grain of uh, salt. And when you're reading it, know that 
if you feel like skipping something because you've heard it said the exact same way <laughs> 10 other times, go yeah. ahead. Skim go through. Ahead. Yes, I, I'm finding it a very tedious read, but the concepts behind it are solid gold, and we are both in on this thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like the new stuff when it's fresh is really impactful. It's it's When it's fresh and focused, it's great. But it does feel a little bit like somebody had been writing um, this piecemeal and just shoved everything together. It, it almost feels like when you're reading something that was previously a blog and somebody just took the entire thing and turned it into a book. Mm -hmm. and didn't go through for repetition and trying to yeah clarify it feels a yeah. little bit like that but it is still it is still a damn good book and it it's i love the idea behind it and i'm very excited and mine mine is definitely a stretch goal too considering the fact that i want to have this thing completely done and published before my birthday on or before and also the yeah. fact that i'm trying to get a third of this book revised in less time than it took me to probably do the first tenth of the thing. I mean, I'm I'm definitely pushing myself here, especially yeah. considering the fact that I keep having to add new scenes. So five to seven scenes a day might end up being ten scenes a day. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Yeah, um, but but you are kicking ass. Yeah, I'm I'm really really happy with how absolutely I have not put up with my own bullshit. And that's just kind of part of what sometimes you 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 have to give yourself breaks. And I think that we cover that enough. I think that we have mentioned enough that that taking care of yourself is important. It is is one of the most important things in life. But sometimes, too, you have to know when you're making excuses or sometimes, too, you yeah. have to say, I, I have made this commitment and I am going to do it come hell or high water because is it really my goal if I don't work on it? Right. You know, or is it just a wish? So that was my week. Um, let's get into the topic. I saw this question. Now, we are, I am going through the questions on our site for our AMA uh, for the 100 episode and possibly 101st episode. And I came across a couple of questions that we are going to be covering in the next week or two. But I, this one sounds like fun to me. So I'm going to read it out. Hey guys, can you talk about internal conflicts? How can internal conflicts move the plot along in an interesting way? I'm thinking my story has lots of this type of conflict, but I don't know how to build it into the plot or if that's even possible. I don't want to make my characters childish by not communicating like adults, but the internal conflicts exist in my characters and make them interesting to me. Thank you. I think the the mention of the I don't want to make my characters childish and not communicate, I think that that stems from us kind of bitching about a lot of the romances that we've read where it's a simple miscommunication that does not right. get solved and that the problem and conflict doesn't go <clears throat> deeper. And yes, essentially... He's in love with her. She's in love with him. But they both think each other hates the other. And that's the conflict. Yeah. Or there's that that whole thing where there's somebody trying to destroy their relationship. Instead of asking each other, they just believe this this third entity. Or right. there's, there's so many different examples of of that kind of thing. So that that's something real to look for. But if it's a deep enough conflict... 
you can have them communicate and just misunderstand each other and, and things like that. Internal conflicts absolutely move the plot forward because internal conflicts create characters mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So yes. I think you just have to really define what a, an internal conflict is for you as, as the writer and because it, it defines how the characters are going to act too. Right. If, if your character has an internal conflict with water, they're most likely not going to go swimming on their day off at the beach. Yeah. Well, we're going to start with the definition of an internal conflict. Okay. So an internal conflict is essentially one character and a couple of variants. Um, yes, no, good, back. I'm sorry. Yes, no, good, bad, him, her, live, die, where... The character is um, has this hill to overcome, where it's it's binary. the 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 response is binary, and the both sides of the response are absolutes. It's if you have one, you can't have the other. So yeah, just to clarify, the him/her could be him/him. Him, it could be her/her. Her, it could be oh yeah, parent/child. It could be yeah. I have written right up there all variants of that. And oh I just yeah, forgot to say okay, that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me just say that while it is generally a binary issue, it, it just a very simple um, one side and not the other. You can have more variables than just two. It can't be that you can have some of the variables. All of the variables have to be absolutes or else they don't have any meaning. So with a yes or no, what, uh, I mean, maybe, could, it, could there be a yes, maybe? Yes, okay. maybe, no. Um, I don't think there, so. <laughs> yes, I don't think so. Um, and and the, the fun of changing one of those to the other is part of the conflict. Well, no, absolutely not him ever becomes, oh my God. He's dreamy. That's that is the the outcomes, but the conflicts themselves are generally when you're just inside one character's head, relatively simple in nature. They're pretty clear cut. You you as the writer understand what they are, and then you present what they are to the reader. The handling of the conflicts, however, can be done in a number of different ways. Well, let's give Let's give an example of what you mean, like the internal conflict. So let's use Buffy for some. I don't know why Buffy came into my head, but okay, you're, you're to the previous thing that you just said that the the conflict is relatively simple. So pick one out of Buffy. Okay, um, Angel or um, Xander. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, you you can tell we were both fans back in the day. Yeah, but I, I always hated Angel until he got his own show, and then I liked him, and yeah. then I liked him a lot because, and then he was on Bones. But anyway, that's yeah. But I could not stand <laughs> Angel in Buffy for some reason. I just every time that love story came up, I was like, oh my god, just give me one of those steaks and I'll end it now. <laughs> Stake him and end it now. Yeah. Yeah. I remember your reactions. All the time. I love Spike though. But yeah, there's, yeah. there's oh, a lot yeah, of... Well. So her conflict, we're going, I guess, uh, first, second season, Buffy more or less, because that's when Xander was still kind of up in the air that maybe... Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's a simple conflict. So what's next on that that you just got into? Okay, so then... What you're doing is you now have three different ways for the character to handle. Angel or Xander. 
or nobody <laughs> or nobody yeah that's that is your third option yeah, yeah or just you know hey my job is pretty shitty i don't think i need to bring a romantic romantic interest into it right now yeah um so then your first option is to handle the conflict by having the character think about it because this is all inside of one character's head and because it ends up listing conditions and outcomes this is boring if you have see and the advantage of a tv show is that you can never have anybody thinking about things. Oh, don't say that. That's not true. Oh, is that no? you no, no, because dear God, there have been shows where <clears throat> I mean, look at Wonder Years. Look at Scrubs. There's a lot of thinking. But at least it's not like Dune where it's this internal dialogue that's going on. Mm -hmm. A lot of them they think in pictures. So but you don't generally have people sitting down and thinking stuff. It, right. It's a generalization yes but yeah exactly the classic the classic generalized internal conflict handled by thinking is character sitting at the table drinking tea thinking about a and b in which the reader goes oh god shoot me now yeah because nothing happens yeah um and it is this is a beginner mistake and i wish i could say it is only a beginner mistake because i have seen it um a number of times in much more advanced writing yeah it's there's it's a it's a thing that that shows up quite a bit in even bestsellers and stuff you'll read something and there will be a scene that is done that way now mm -hmm. the one writer that i can say does this a lot at least in the books that I have read by him, is Stephen King. But for some reason, I guess he's just this kind of exception to the rule kind of dude. Mm -hmm. Because if you read his books, it's it's still, it's so well done. Everything is very intriguing. At the point where you are as good as Stephen King, you can pretty much get away with everything. Yeah. Until you're Stephen King... <laughs> This is a thing to avoid. Yeah, I mean, well, it's just the basic fundamental for good writing is that you don't want right. to... And, and plus, having someone sit down and think about their day instead of showing the day and showing the conflict is, is you know, never really a good thing. But when it comes to the internal conflicts, it, it doesn't even have to be sitting around. I, I've read a lot of books where the people were physically doing something, mm -hmm. but still thinking about their problems like yes grocery shopping or driving or having a conversation with somebody and it's still in their head right right at the and then and this when you are reading through your own work this is what you're looking for with the internal conflict what is the character actually how is the character actually dealing with the conflict and if it is consistently straight through the scene that the character is thinking the conflict through, then it doesn't matter whether they're cliff cliff jumping or or um, sea deep sea diving or anything else. If the actual conflict in the scene is a person thinking about A or B, it needs to be fixed. So you can have other conflicts in a scene where there, mm -hmm. this, the scene point is something else, where there is a separate conflict to that scene, but they can still have, in the back of their head, they can still be thinking of this other problem that they've they've got going on, 
as exactly. long as you don't like try to don't don't have them try to solve it that way. Yeah. 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 And, and you don't solve the problem in fiction in by thought. That's mm-hmm. always, 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 always action. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. If you have them having a conflict and worrying about one section of the, the other thing while they're fighting tigers or, um, you know, trying not to get eaten by a, a shark or something like that. And they're thinking, man, you know, I really wish I had had not treated so-and-so this way, which is half of the conflict of, you know, do I want him, don't I want him? Yeah. You know, that's that's throwing more things from that internal conflict in while doing something interesting. But it's not either arguing with yourself about the conflict or solving the conflict in thought. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, I think we've, we've covered that one pretty well, unless you have anything else you want to bring to it. No, just remember guys, if, if we don't answer something or, or we bring up more questions than, than we answered for you personally, just find the forum thread and, and put some more questions in. If we have a lot, we'll answer them, um, on another episode, but if, you know, we can handle it in the comment section, we will. Okay. So go ahead to the next part. All right. Now we are looking at the conflict of talking. And this is the second way that people handle internal conflict that is um, wrong. <laughs> yeah, you, you call it the conflict argument. No, yes. There's nothing wrong with having a fight, but I think that a really good thing to mention is, is having the subtext. I loved um, Holly's examples in her um, writing dialogue with subtext course. That mm-hmm. one was really... That one was cool because you, you can have people having an argument, but it doesn't sound like they're having an argument. Um, or you can have people saying something more along the lines of lovingly and caringly, but they're fighting and they're having mm-hmm. this argument. But if you can add that extra layer of depth throughout, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes, um, if you can have an extra layer of depth to your conflict arguments, it's no longer a conflict argument. It's a genuine scene with a genuine conflict and depth running through yes but this goes much deeper than that this isn't even just the conflict argument this is also two friends sitting at a table having tea with each other oh dear god why do you always do the same thing (laughs) i'm sorry no sometimes Um, it's coffee (laughs) yeah sometimes it's coffee sometimes it's tea but okay so two friends no that's fine use it because we use it for the other one too it's i generally go back to these because they are basic yeah because it is easily understandable and then if you realize that you have two friends who are playing tennis with each other and yelling back and forth across the court yeah there you go or two two friends who are skydiving together and yelling back and forth while falling through the sky. Oh, that might be interesting. (laughs) Unfortunately, if they're doing this, it won't, which is where the friend who has the problem is discussing the two options with the other friend. Oh God, that would make, how do you make a scene diving or how do you make a skydiving scene boring? Bam, you just did. (laughs) There you go. And that's it. Oh, should I pick Bob or should I pick Kevin? Should I pick Bob or should I pick Kevin? Kevin is so cute. Bob is so studly. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm already feeling like I want to shoot myself. Yes. While skydiving. I would be so pissed off. (laughs) Yes. And that's the point. This is, again, it is the same 
internal conflict disguised as an external conflict by having two people talking about it, but it's the same damn thing. Uh-huh. It's the it's yes. Yeah, I like that because you're 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 showing the one up. You know that your person sitting there drinking their I'm going to say energy drink. <laughs> just there to, you go. Just Ooh, to change edgy. it up. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting there at the, the coffee shop or whatever, thinking their problem. So you know that that's the bad thing. So you're like, oh, I'll just have her talk to her friend about it while they're doing something. So mm-hmm. she goes bowling, drunk bowling with her friend. And <laughs> oh, God. I, that would be so much fun. It said that I don't drink anymore because it makes me sick. But mm-hmm. I would love to watch two of my friends drunk bowl. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, so they're standing there talking the same problem through while bowling and God, if you could make skydiving boring, mm-hmm. you could make anything boring with this. You can make anything boring with this. And that's exactly the point. If this is the way of dealing with internal conflict, which is again, it's not, it's not the character thinking the conflict it's two characters discussing the conflict it's still deadly dull it's still the reader going oh god must close book burn pages yeah this is the kind of stuff that that keeps readers from trying new authors that keeps readers Mm -hmm. from trying indie authors that keeps readers from trying new books because something badly written enough will just be like okay i'm gonna take a month off of new books i'm gonna go find something i've read before that was really freaking good and just reread that yes i'm i'm gonna go through my safety books the ones that i can read a million times and never get tired of them because oh and you really don't want to be that writer you really don't you don't want to be the writer that sends a reader back to their safety net books. No. That's that's pretty bad. Damn. No, you want them to be hungry. So there is a way to handle internal conflicts that will still let your readers stay hungry. And it's way three. You are handling these internal conflicts in pieces. You are having the character think through parts of each character of of each con- part of the conflict so it's not dealing with the whole conflict all at once it's sitting down this takes some planning mm-hmm. and building out the the pros and cons of the conflict in advance and then building individual scenes around each pro and each con of the conflict and then having the character deal with them through action through having um, oh, he's so hunky. Oh, he's so so cute. Um, but he's kind of warm and cuddly. You, that's part one of a conflict that also inclo- includes, oh, he's so smart. Oh, he's so rich. And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And, I'd throw this uh, book across the room even if it was well done. The, well, no, I mean, I can't say that because my guilty pleasure used to be like the um, the romances that have the, the – it was a rich guy, but the woman didn't want the money. That's right. where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, let's, because because it was a, a turn on the conventional, and I I always like mm-hmm. the ones that go against the grain like that. Um, let's pick a, a variable that isn't so, I don't know, um, isn't romance. Let's pick okay. one that's kind of like um up your alley, like magic or something. Okay, all right. Um, 
the okay so let's build character here let's say uh he or she flip a coin what do you what do you want he let's go with he he okay um this guy has um a choice between being a um fire wizard mm-hmm. or a uh lightning wizard okay mm-hmm. there are different variables and different things that he will be able to do you can't be both there, there is if you fire and lightning. If you try to be both, you'll just die. And this is there is this a hundred percent. This so he knows he can't be both. Both of them have really good benefits. Both of them have really bad prices that must be paid for use of that magic. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a freebie. It isn't a gimme. It isn't. It isn't like oh well, you know, um, girls like fire magic users better than uh lightning magic users and there's no cost to either one there's always a cost there's always uh, a benefit and then you sit there and you list out every single benefit for each thing you can think of and you list out every single cost for each thing you can think of and then you build scenes showing him trying to use one or trying to use the other having a cost thrown at him having a benefit come down on him and having him being torn constantly between which of either of these two things can he do knowing that he is going to have to commit because the deeper he digs into this the more likely he is going to fry his ass and just die from experimenting with these two things that one is your magic user so let's let's do one that's less action based okay Okay, so let's let's go. We, we kind of talked about it, and you came up with a good one. So let's go with with the best friends uh, have have a falling out. Right. So your your binary there is it's a trinary. Um, they're never going to speak to each other again. They could um, work with each other while still not being friends anymore, or they can fight to earn their friendship back. Mm-hmm. So you you'd be listing all of these for all three, then right. right the pros and the cons for all three, right? And you want to have a pro and a con for every single one. For example, if the the friend who is at least somewhat open to being friends with the other friend um, can win the friendship back, she still knows that the other one didn't come to her, mm-hmm. but. You know, and does she really want that friendship back? But they were such good friends, and they had such fun together. And, you know, maybe they could just get along together and and at least be on speaking terms as opposed to never speaking. But, you know, if they never speak, then at least she never has to have her heart broken again if they have another falling out. Things yeah, there's like that. a lot of different things to go over. It, it, it's a very interesting way that you can show that any internal conflict can be done well. It's just right. you have to know all of the different options. You have to know all of the things that are coming to you emotionally as this person. Right. And then <laughs> the big thing mm-hmm. is you don't have her think about it. And you don't have her talk about it to a third friend. Or you don't have her think it out. Right. Right. You don't. This is not a place where she is listing these things in her thoughts. She is not listing them to a friend. She is instead doing these things she's she's trying just never speaking to her again and how does that how does that feel to her what responses does that have 
Yeah, so you're um, having basically all of these situations that you've listed out on the pros and cons. You're having them come up organically. You're yes. having um, somebody mention her in a conversation and the friend just won't deal with it. And that gives you a moment for her to think about, you know, her friend and their friendship. But it's not her sitting there intentionally thinking about this problem she has to solve. Right. It is an organic reaction to an action to some sort of stimulus in the world. Right. They have to work together. So uh, one time she, they, the, the other one just won't even speak to her. She speaks completely around her to the other people working with her. Um, the second time uh, this one tries extending an olive branch, mentions something that the other one said that is actually really good. Um, and the other one kind of softens her stance a little bit that that there was something that there is this possibility that maybe they could at least work together they try that a little while the the then the the main character um has something bad happen to her because if it's all one-sided it's really going to suck yeah and it's something really bad and the friend comes through and shows up and comes to her yeah so that's that is the internal conflict figured out but it's not laid out on the page in something that makes the reader want to kill himself. Yeah. I think a lot of these times, and I know I've said this before, but when, when you're reading this stuff, especially if you're helping somebody, you know, figure out what's missing in their book or you're helping uh, another writer figure out, you know, what is wrong with the scene, a lot of this is the writer figuring stuff out on the page and thinking it needs to be left for the reader to do the same. But mm-hmm. once... So a lot of this stuff that's in revision, it's not, or in your first draft, it's not a bad thing that it's there. It's great that it's there because it's showing you what you want the conflict to be. But the thing is, you have to know to edit it. You have to know, okay, this is a thinking head. This is a talking, this is talking heads. This is, this is something that I need to show, not tell. Yeah. This is exposition disguised as dialogue. This is, and again, this is, it's all perfect in first draft Mm -hmm. all the shit you write is perfect first draft it's just that then you have to go back and revise it and make it perfect yeah or or good enough yeah good enough yeah good enough revision when you're when you're writing this stuff don't let the things that we say stop you from writing when it comes to first draft this is all perfectly fine shit to have in your first draft it's showing you the path you need to take it's showing you what you want to write about so when you're writing don't ever let Holly or myself get in your head. We are talking about things to try to catch when you have something written. Mm-hmm. And as you do revisions, you get much better at catching this stuff. Even when you're writing first drafts, yeah. You you, you naturally stop yourself and you're like, wait a minute, nope, nope. <laughs> right, because having done the revision and having found it all in a previous revision, the next time you start writing it, you go, no. No, eject, eject, bad, bad words, bad words. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sooner or later, this is how you learn. Um, and there is absolutely nothing you can do wrong in first draft. There isn't. I mean, it, it is wrong in the first draft, but until you revise it, it ain't wrong. It's yeah. just first draft that needs to be revised. Yeah, first um, draft is the blueprint for the for the building that it's going to eventually be. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not even the finished blueprint. It's just the sketches. So right. you you got to cut yourself some slack when it comes to what you're writing and 
this this stuff that we talk about most of the time this is especially right now this is all inner critic stuff this is all stuff for for your left brain to come out and hit the page when you're revising when you are right brain muse writing just write whatever it is to come out mm -hmm. just get the words down on page because you can always figure this shit out and again i'll just mention holly's how to revise your novel class is incredible for that but she also has the uh smaller seven day crash revision i mean the, the, there's just oh man and we've done we've done episodes before that cover this so mm -hmm. it's it's right just listen to everything figure out what you're doing wrong internal conflicts are a great source of character action and reaction and and you just have to do them well which was the point of this question it was a very good question it is a really good question and, and the the you just have to seed them through the book and not have them in a lump yeah i think because... without internal conflict there is no plot there is no yeah. so internal conflict is naturally something that is naturally driving the plot it's yeah. just it has to be done well if you look at all all books really every character has an internal conflict let's take some of yours let's take sympathy for the devil as a matter of fact okay because i i freaking love that book i love it it was mentioned <laughs> the other day in the in the forums and i've pulled it out so i can reread it and that one is rife with internal conflicts just everything on the freaking page has an internal conflict that's good okay so you want to give me a couple of examples because well, let's been... start with the main character Okay. Just just the premise of the book in general, how everything starts. It is a nurse with an internal conflict. So why don't you explain some of that? Well, having not read, read the book in a whole hell of a lot of years, I, I remember her get, being pissed off and walking on a treadmill or doing pull-ups on her a weight machine or something like that at home after... She had been uh, working in the ICU and she was pissed off at a doctor because he had run a code on a patient who was already essentially DOA. As, as a person reading the book, you actually see this happen. It's not just her thinking about it. You, you see this happen and you see her fighting it. And Did we, I even remember his name. His name was Dr. Baskold and she referred to him as Dr. Bastard to herself. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, you know, that was a... Thing that in real life actually happened. The, so there's that that internal conflict on that. There's yeah. the internal conflict. I think um, I think it might have been her ex died. Was that yeah it? right? And he was he was dead, and he had died horrifically, um, drinking while driving while whoring around on her, um, and she was pretty sure he was on his. He was going to go to hell. And in spite of who he was, she still cared about him, and she hated to think about him being tortured eternally, and she got pissed off at God and was working out while yelling at God about how could shit like this happen and how, and, and how could hell exist if you actually really had this omnipotent knowledge yeah. and, and this love for all beings how could you eternally damnate something yeah yeah how could you could how could you consign any of your children to hell if you genuinely forever forever being really big how could you cons consign any of your children to hell forever if they're really your children and you really love them yeah and that that was the basis for the entire book because god yeah. listened and god 
made a deal with the devil or something like that to release some, not all, of mm-hmm. the denizens of hell into just this her one little area. Yeah, North Carolina, and it was like 27,000 devils, demons, and assorted imps. Damn, I remember a lot more about that book than I thought I did. Yeah, I figured when we started talking about it, you would start popping this shit up in your head. But it's, yeah. it's hilarious. It's got conflict all over the place. It is, it is, there's a romance in there. There's, obviously, it, it does cover religion. We aren't personally talking about our religious beliefs or anything like that to an extent. But when you, when you write about this kind of stuff, your personal beliefs do come out. So, yeah, <laughs> we, we respect everybody's right to believe what they believe and mm-hmm. we don't bash on anything. But you have your own personal opinions. And this is part of bringing your own personal internal conflicts to the page because, you have to say something that matters. Yeah, this this was me. Um, at, at at written this was written at the absolute rock bottom worst time of my life, in a period of thirty days when I was living through not literal hell but a pretty good figurative version of it. And I wrote the entire book in a month because she needed the money. Yeah, one line per scene. And uh, no, no sort of, and I had to throw it together in a period of hours. And it was just, it was a freaking nightmare. And so I pulled from my ex- own experiences as a registered nurse. I pulled from what we were going through as a family right then. Yeah. Um, I pulled through having been a missionary kid, having been raised Christian, having read the entire Bible front to back three times. And, and having asked God myself this one particular question at a very, very, at another really bad point in my life. And having not at the time received anything like a, a satisfactory answer, I think I gave, came up at the end of it with a, a pretty good answer for, for, for the story and the plot. And well, the, the book itself, yeah. And, and I was going to say, too, there were there were other external problems, too, because you originally this was going to be a collaboration yeah. and the writer and you wanted it to be this funny, light but deep book. And the collaborator that you had been working with uh, ter- turned very dark and grim and actually had the protagonist damned yeah. to hell for eternity. So you had to release that, give her back that completely change everything in a matter, like you said, of hours and line for scene it yourself. And make sure that it was nothing like you guys had originally planned. So that was a lot of yeah. external conflict and internal conflict for you while writing the book as well. Right. And and then the deadline was 30 days from, from then. I mean, there was, there was massive conflict in this. And, you know, sometimes you get a pretty good book out of a pretty bad situation. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those cases. This was the book, the one book in my life that had, I think, three lines maybe in it revised when i read through it it I, it just went exactly as written it went to the publisher with just i found a couple of tiny things i sent it to the publisher they accepted it they asked for like one change i made the tiny change and that was it it was the most horrible stressful and yet incredibly amazing experience in writing fiction that I ever had. It must have been very liberating too. It well, and to, to not have uh, you know an editor's letter that was uh, eight pages single spaced with requested changes <laughs> because it was written, you know, straight out of my ass <laughs> yeah. under deadline with with almost no forethought and just 
letting the words fly and having him hit the page and then never looking at them again until the thing was done. Um, yeah, there's another book, too. If you guys haven't read <laughs> Hunting the Corrigan's Blood, there is a lot of internal conflict in that one as well with Katie and her mother. There is, um, Ooh, yeah. yeah the, so if you read that one, there is another example of this internal conflict that follows the character that does, I mean, if it wasn't for this internal conflict with her mother, she none of these books would exist so right this is something that it, it carries along throughout that entire book and you can read that book and you can you can see a great way to expand an internal conflict all the way through the the novel so was yeah. there anything else for internal conflicts well we do have a takeaway for this a Okay. Pretty cool. big one. Okay. So before we get to the takeaway, I'm just going to remind you guys, you can follow us on the socials. That's A-I-A-R-W-I-P on Twitter, Alone with Invisible People on Instagram. That is Alone in a Room with Invisible People on Facebook. Remember to tag us in anything if you are trying stuff out, if you're writing and you take a picture and you put it on um, Instagram or Facebook, feel free to tag us. Let us know that, you know, something we... We did uh, inspired you to write something or uh, try something out, test a new uh, a new process. Anything. We love getting tagged. We love knowing that we are <laughs> a part of your uh, writing. You know, fun. So let us know. You can join us as well in the hollieswritingclasses.com forums. You can join. It's a free account. You get a bunch of free stuff, including the how to write flash fiction that doesn't suck course. It is a really really good course because it it. If you're, especially if you're a beginner, it can help you out with uh, just writing stuff in general. But I had been writing for a very, very long time and I took the course and it still helped. It's just, you know how when you're a writer, you're a self-educator for life and you, you want to read as much as possible and learn little things here and there. And that is definitely one of the, one of the courses that it, it's still like, taught me a couple of new things and it was a lot of fun <laughs> um you can if you'd like to support the podcast you can go to coffee.com that is ko hyphen fi.com forward slash alone you can go to the website at alone with invisible people.com and on the top right hand corner there's a drop down menu it shows you five ten fifteen dollars for just a one-time support if you would like you can also uh buy any of of holly's courses or ebooks or clinics or anything like that she does ask that you buy them from the affiliate links if possible mm -hmm. on the alone with invisible people page again that does not cost you anything extra and it goes to support both holly and the podcast yeah <laughs> and then finally uh if you can't you know do any of that that's perfectly fine just share just share the episode um, follow us on whatever podcasting app that you're, you're doing, like our Facebook page, like our Instagram, like, and comment on any of the, the ways that you listen to the podcast. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell, comment, like the videos, any of that stuff helps put us in more people's ears. So we appreciate that tremendously. Holly, yes, what do. is the takeaway for this episode? Okay. Remembering that there are three kinds of internal conflict, which is thinking about it, talking about it, and acting, the worst thing a fictional character can do is nothing. And if the character is thinking the internal conflict, the character is doing nothing. The second worst thing a character can do is the perfect thing that solves everything 
um, which is talk about it with a friend or and then go, oh, there's my solution. Bing. Um, the, the thing that you want to do, the best thing that the character can do is the seemingly hardest thing or the seemingly best thing is to do the thing that holds the biggest flaw that will then build more character and cause more conflict and allow you to dig deeper into what the character is doing step by step so that the internal character becomes, I'm sorry, so that the internal conflict becomes external conflict that is carried by action from scene by scene from the very beginning to the very end of the book and becomes the core of the story. I understand that there are exceptions to this rule when it comes to writing real life, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of real life stuff that doesn't belong Holly's example is usually brushing your teeth, going to pee, sitting there drinking your <laughs> coffee and thinking about stuff in the mornings. Yeah, this stuff is real life, but it's not the the parts of life that people like. They they like this to read about conflict and crazy stuff happening and people getting through things. And yeah, I think that the important thing in that is is, is that we like to see the action. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be an action scene. No. But just remember that the important stuff is what needs to hit the page. And if, if, if you have any questions about how to turn a conflict, an internal conflict scene that you're having a problem with, into a book-long kind of internal conflict or... A, a an action version of that um, we've got a lot of writers in our forums we, we can't promise Holly and I can't promise to respond just because of the massive amounts of work both of us have but between Holly myself and moderators and other students <laughs> uh, we've, we've got published authors with yeah. a lot of work we've got mid-range authors we've got beginning authors that Honestly, if a beginner author comes in and, and comments on what you're doing, it, it's teaching them as much as it might be teaching you, if not more. It's yeah. give everybody a shot to kind of play at this and figure this out and, and help you out. And everybody has a different way of approaching things. Right. But we all learn by doing. So yeah. and and what folks are doing in the forum is doing yeah. lots of it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um, I just want to say we love you guys. I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you so much for listening, Holly. Uh, yes, and dig deep and ask yourself all the really good questions and be really, 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 really mean to your characters and have an awesome week and we love you guys. <laughs>